Good day from Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas Sports Talk. I'm your host, New Orleans Mark. On today's show, we will touch on week three in the NFL, and then we will get to week four. You can follow me on Twitter at the New Orleans Cajun, T-H-E-N-A-W-L-I-N-S-C-A-J-U-N. You can also listen to this podcast on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, and many others. And you can also listen to me on in, on the Inside New Orleans radio show hosted by Eric Asher on 106 FM, WRKN New Orleans, also on iHeartRadio every Friday at 6.15 Central, and also on ericasher.com. My host, my co-host today is going to be Steve the Shirt Man again. How are you doing today, Steve? All right, Mark. How's it going? Good, good. So let's touch on week three a little bit. We'll start out with college. Uh, we both gave out Mississippi State last week, plus the points. And we also liked them straight up. And what they did, they beat LSU straight up. So elaborate in that game for me. Yeah, I really wasn't surprised. I mean, I kind of had the game spot on. I knew LSU would be down this year. I mean, they just have too many too many pieces to replace. And, I mean, it's just – it's hard to replace that many pieces and pick up where you left off. I mean, I knew, I knew the line was inflated. I mean, they're the national champions. And I also knew Mike Leach was going to make his SEC debut winging it. And he did. They put up uh, a lot of points and they – Threw for a ton of yards, and it really wasn't a shock, the outcome of that game. I, I kind of predicted that that would happen. Yeah, I, like I said, the same thing. I said in the show last week that, you know, like I said, Mike Leach does like to turn the ball and does like to score points. And I thought it would just be too much for the LSU secondary and pass defense to handle, and I was exactly right. They just, you know, they're, like I said, they re retooling. This year, they lost a lot of guys last year. I think it was just too much for them to overcome, although they did put up some points. But I just I just didn't think they would, um, you know, stop that passing game at all. So let's get to um, this past week in the NFL. We had some big games. You know, we had um, – what do we have? The big Monday night game was um, – well, Sunday night game. Let's start the Sunday night game. Saints and Packers. You know, Saints come up a little short without Michael Thomas. They just couldn't couldn't seem to get things going. Couldn't get over that hump, and Green Bay looked real good uh, against the Saints. Um, share your thoughts on that one. Well, I mean, you know, it was a competitive game for three quarters. Uh, I had a feeling that you know when the Saints stuffed stuffed them on that fourth and one, you know, I kind of liked the way I was, and then Taysom Hill fumbles two plays later, and basically gives the game right back to him, and. Once they once they got the ball back, Green Bay didn't look back, and I I knew I was in trouble when he fumbled that ball. That was the definitely the turning point of the game, you know. Yeah, not a good point in that game. I didn't I didn't like the play call. You know, they've been using Taysom Hill in different situations to run that read option, throw the ball a little bit, maybe like sort of like a a wildcat, keep the ball. But I, you know, it's. It just looked like Green Bay was ready for it, and they were in the backfield, and they almost took the handoff. I mean, that's how it was. Just wasn't blocked good. I just didn't think it was a good call by Sean Payton. I do like the way Sean Payton calls plays, but in that situation, did not like it at all, and that did turn, that did change the game. And I mean, you know, the Saints were point-wise competitive. I mean, 
You know, they could have they could have went down and scored. They would have been, you know, within a touchdown. But also, let's touch on the um, let's touch on the Chiefs Ravens. Obviously, probably the matchup of the week. Um, I liked I liked Kansas City in the game. I didn't give nothing up, but I liked them. I took them. I actually took them on the money line in the over and got hooked on it. But you know, a tough game to handicap and a tough game to bet. And I've been saying all you know a lot last year and even this year is you know a guy like Lamar Jackson who I just don't feel can throw the ball that good. I mean, great great athlete. You know, can fly, runs like a deer. And I think they base that whole offense around him. And like I've been saying, it's going to take the, the right defensive coordinator and the right defense to scheme him the correct way and keep him bottled up in a pocket. And that's exactly what Kansas City did. You know, the first series of the game, he, you know, he broke off a couple long runs and went right down the field. And after that, it was all over. They just bottled him up. They didn't let him get outside. They, they had nickel and dime packages. They had the cornerbacks walked up. Um, they, um, every time he, if he did break the pocket, they were running him down. So they didn't let him get, get out anymore. And he's, he's very, very uncomfortable sitting in that pocket with people in his face trying to throw the ball. And to me, he's not going to beat you throwing the ball. And that's what happened in Kansas city was hitting on all cylinders on offense. So that's how they, what do you think? how do you think the game went? I mean, I kind of thought Baltimore would play a little better. I mean, they really stunk it up with, but- it's really not a surprise to me because I know Lamar Jackson is just not a – he's not a top quarterback. I mean, he's he's a dual-threat guy, and he can present a lot of problems to a defense that, that's not used to seeing it. It's kind of like – it's kind of like the option. You know, it's hard to defend because it's hard to simulate that in practice. But Kansas City kind of has the same thing, so they do the same thing. So – Kansas City's defense is used to seeing that in practice. So they had a kind of had a good feel for how to defend him. And, you know, the guy's always been a front runner. I mean, even in college when he was at Louisville, you know, they would score 50 points a game. They'd get, they'd get a 14 point lead and he'd look like the greatest quarterback in college football history. And, you know, <clears throat> but when he gets behind, it's a little different because he's got a lot of dog in him. And I just, I noticed that he's not nearly the same quarterback when he's behind him. Pat Mahomes puts a ton of pressure. I should say Patrick Mahomes because his mother corrected uh, the announcement yeah, about that. But, I mean, he's – that kid is just a freak of nature. And, I mean, I, I know some people, you know, are haters and all. But in my, my opinion, I've been watching football for 30 years. I've never seen anything close to him. And, I mean, I was – I grew up, Steve Young was my favorite quarterback, and this kid just makes Steve Young look average. I mean, he's just – he's that good. I mean, I think he's the best quarterback in NFL, you know, maybe ever. And when he re- when he retires, he'll probably break every record <clears throat> for a quarterback, throwing and running. Oh, yeah, the kid has all the tools. Uh, coming out of Texas Tech, he had all the tools, got all the talent. You know, I looked at the game, it's – either side was not a bad bet, but I had to dig a little deeper – you know, having, you know, coached quarterbacks and coordinated, I had to dig a little deeper and ask myself, if both quarterbacks were to get shut down by both defenses, who do I feel is the better better pocket passer? And obviously I had to go with Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes on that one. And that's more or less why I took, you know, that why I like KC in the game. 
you know, unless Baltimore comes up with a solution, you know, the problem is they got that whole offense geared around Lamar Jackson. And I, I think, I think deep down they know, you know, especially when against good teams that if they have to sit there and throw the ball and he can't, you know, play his game, they're going to have, they're going to have problems winning games. And, you know, the NFL is a copycat league and, you know, these coordinators, they should have took notes last year. They, they better should be taking notes this year on exactly what Kansas City did to, to slow this kid down. Um, you know, I don't, I don't see why it, it, these, these guys, it takes so – they just don't, you know, input this into their scheme. I mean, it's really not rocket science. Now, don't get me wrong, you have to execute it like Kansas City did. But, you know, if you don't scheme this kid – you know, he's going, to, he's going to run for 150 yards with two or three touchdowns, and that loses the defense, and then you run the ball and do other things. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in these upcoming games, what's going to happen with Baltimore and how these teams are actually going to play him. So, again, well, week through, I'm sorry. You I said, you know, to just to add on, you know, not every team has the ability of Kansas City. Kansas City is a Super Bowl champion, and, I mean, they do have a lot of talent, and, you know, Spagnola's got a good defensive system. I mean, the knock on his system is it takes a while for the for the defense to gel under him. But I think they started to gel late last year going into the playoffs. And, you know, Kansas City's defense is underrated. And Baltimore is not going to see, you know, first of all, nobody can put the kind of pressure on them like Kansas City because they can score. And Baltimore's defense, I mean, I they're, they're above average. I mean – they're going to get Dale right to ship, and they're going to still win 12, 13 games. I mean, because there's a lot of weak teams out there. Let's just face it. I mean, they in a division with Cincinnati and Cleveland, and they're going to destroy those teams. You know I mean? So Pittsburgh's their only real threat, and then I'm thinking at best that they'll go, you know, one and one with them, and, you know, worse, they'll go one and one with them. So, I mean, they, they're going to win a lot of games. I mean, it's just – I mean, how many teams can beat Kansas City? Kansas City looks to me like they could def- they could possibly go undefeated and, you know, break the Dolphins' record, you know? Well, well, that's what we like like the game, you know, Monday night, Kansas City did. They blitzed a lot. Spagnuolo's really not a big blitzer, but they, they were sending six, seven guys every other play, and they were playing bump and run man-to-man. And if they, I guess he figured – we're going to play man-to-man. If you feel you can drop back and sit there and throw the ball and beat us, then do it. But I'm bringing people. I'm bringing pressure, and you're going to have to deal with it. And Mahomes, it's the same way with Mahomes. Although Mahomes can throw out the, from the pocket, if you put pressure on him or any quarterback, especially keep him in the pocket and up the middle, you know, even he's going to struggle a little bit. So it's going to be interesting with these upcoming games what's, how these defenses are going to defend both these guys. So – Let's move on to week four, college. Start out with college first. Not too many great matchups. We have a couple. We have, you know, A&M and Alabama, Auburn at Georgia, maybe TCU at Texas, Navy at Air Force. We got Memphis at SMU, Baylor, West Virginia. Not too many big matchups. Um, give me some of your thoughts on what do you think of some of the games coming up on Saturday? Um. I mean, I think uh, the A&M game, I think it's going to be competitive. I mean, I think Alabama, you know, they're going to be good as always. I mean, I don't know how good. I don't know if they national champion good or top five good. But, I mean, the quarterback's pretty good. uh, 
kid they got, uh, I think is Mac, whatever. He played last year. He came in last year when uh, uh, the kid got hurt. The, the good quarterback they had. I can't think of his name right now. So sorry, it's not coming to me. But anyway, he was the one Miami drafted. But anyway. Oh, yeah, Tua. Tua. Yeah, Tua. Tua, yeah. When he got hurt, this kid came in, and he played good. I mean, he, you know, he really impressed me. I mean, Auburn put a lot of pressure on him. Auburn beat Alabama last year, but he kept coming, you know. I mean, they, they he's not a bad quarterback, but, I mean, I just think A&M's got a lot of people back this year, and I could see that being a competitive game. The line, I think, was 17-and-a-half. Now it's down to 16-and-a-half. I think mm-hmm. A&M's probably a good play in that game getting 16 and a half. I mean, it's not my top play, but if I had to bet the game, I would definitely take the points in that spot. Yeah, it's, it's you know, you're going into Alabama is always a tough task. I mean, playing Alabama, period, it's a tough task. And, you know, A&M played Vandy last week and, you know, only beat them 17-12. And obviously, we're probably looking ahead to this game. So, you know, a team like A&M, to beat Alabama, you're not going to – you're not going to physically beat them. You're not going to grind them out. You're going to have to just try to outscore them. I feel that's what A&M is going to have to do. If they have any kind of success, they should be able to, um, you know, cover the 16 and a half. You know, hopefully they don't turn the ball over. If they turn the ball over two or three times, it's going to be a long day for them. So, you know, I agree with you. I think A&M is they've got people back and they, they're competitive. And this, this might be like their Super Bowl game, you know, you know, teams that come and play Alabama, one of the best in, in the country. It's almost like a like their national championship or Super Bowl game. I think they want to, you know, they want to come prove something. So, but they definitely will have to try to outscore Alabama. So, probably A and M is the right side in that one. You know, we also have a matchup. You know, we have TCU Texas. Texas escaped against um, what was it? Texas Tech last week, barely fifty two forty nine or something like that, and. TCU, I think I beat, and TCU comes into Texas. Um, Tom Herman, you know, great coach, did great at Houston. Been at Texas, what, he's been maybe two, three, four years, and probably should be, you know, I guess everybody figured he would be in the running for the national championship. It just hasn't panned out like that. I don't know if it's a recruiting thing. I don't know if they're just underachieving. So what do you think? What, what do you think the problem with Texas is? I really don't know. I mean, I would have thought by now he would have them competing for national championships. I know he fired the defensive coordinator from last year who was with him at Houston. And, I mean, I don't know if that was the problem, but apparently not because they gave up 40-something or 50 points this past week to Texas Tech. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know what it is with Texas, but they just can't come up with a defense. It's just they can score a lot, and they've been scoring for the past few years, but they just cannot come up with a defense, and I don't know why. It's, you, they got a ton of high school talent in Texas, and I know he's getting a pick of the litter. So I don't know what's going on with that team, why they can't get defense, but I don't know. Well, hopefully last week was maybe a fluke, maybe hopefully – they will get their defense together. I actually do like Texas this week. You know, it's a big number, 13. It's an, it's 13 for a reason. It's in double digits. I do like them this, this week to bounce back. I think Herman looked at I think when they broke game film down, they've given up 40-something points. Out there. I think he's probably a little bit upset at his defense. They're going to have to play better and tighten up. So we'll see what happens in that one. 
TCU and we did, did beat them the last, last year. I'm looking at it. They they beat them by 10 last year uh, uh-huh. in TCU. And, I mean, Gary Patterson is no slouch. So, I would no. be careful. Uh-huh. I would be careful in that spot. Playing double yeah. Pitch. Maybe a Texas money line might be a, might be a way to go. Yeah, I would definitely think Texas will win the game, but I, I don't – laying 13 just isn't in my system. Yeah, but – yeah, I know. Oh, no, I agree with you. Well, in college, you can probably get away with, with them all. You could in the NFL, but, you know, maybe they might be begging you to take TCU with the 13. They might think it's a gift, and Texas might come out and beat them by 25, but who knows? We'll have to see Saturday. And I guess the prime matchup of the day is going to be – Auburn at Georgia. So I know you like a side, and we both like a side in this one. So let's let's elaborate in this game a little bit here. Well, you know, I I know Georgia's tough. I mean, Kirby Smart's a great recruiter, but when it gets right down to it, you know, I'm a Gus Malzahn fan. I have been for a long time. He's a very innovative play caller. And I, I do know he's not calling the plays this year. He hired uh, Chad Morris, who was the offensive coordinator at Clemson, and he went to Arkansas and got fired. Uh, but he's now the offensive coordinator at Auburn, so he is the play caller. But I do like Gus Malzahn, and I just think a touchdown is too much in that game. I mean, I know Georgia's got a, a lot of uh, good re- top recruits, and Kirby Smart, to, you know, like I said, he's, he's not a bad coach, but if – if I had to choose who's the better coach, it's hands down, it's Gus Malzahn. I mean, Kirby Smart was an assistant for Saban, and he, he knows how to coach and run a team. But I just think that seven is is too much in this spot. And I'm definitely – I see it's now actually down to six and a half now. I would recommend you trying to find seven or buy it to seven. But I think if you can get Auburn at seven, you really got a good bet. And I did get word from a friend of mine who works at the Mirage that one of Billy Walters' runners – came in and bet Auburn plus seven. So I definitely think Auburn is the play in this game, and it is one of my top two plays this week in college football. Yeah, I mean, I like him a little bit too. I mean, I think – I mean, Nick's is back. I think he's, what, three or four-year starter. I don't know. I just think, you know, Auburn's down a little bit. I mean, they just played Kentucky last week. Kentucky turned the ball – turned the ball over two or three times with a, with a, a big sack and then a, a bad call at the goal line. And – could have beat Auburn. I don't know if Auburn underachieved. I don't know if we're looking ahead of Georgia. I know Georgia Fromm's gone. They're going to have a new quarterback in. You know, they, I'm, I'm, they, I'm sure they're still going to score some points. You know, if you ask me this, you know, who I liked in this game last year at this particular moment, with particular spread, I definitely would take, probably would take Georgia. But with, with you know, Fromm's gone with the new quarterback coming in. I, mean, I think Auburn, I think they both might be a little bit down. It's probably going to be a grind them close game. So I think, you know, it could easily land on three. I think Auburn is the way to go. You know, like I said, if you can get the seven, you know, get out there and get it now because I think, um, you know, the, the Sharpies and the wise, the wise guys, they're going to drive it down to six and a half. And they got six and a half out there now, probably. So hurry up and get out there and get Just it. Just to touch on last week, I noticed, you know, Arkansas was beating Georgia at halftime, seven to five. And I know, uh, Georgia made a quarterback change in that game oh, okay. and brought in a kid that looked pretty good. But, you know, it's hard to prepare for a, for a quarterback that you you didn't know was going to play. It, it kind of – it was the same thing that happened in the, in the NFL game with Kansas City uh, two weeks ago with San Diego or last week 
when they well it was two weeks ago too but anyway when they when they started the kid Herbert he looked really good because Kansas City prepared for Tyrod Taylor and then when they put that switch in you really don't know what to expect and I think that's kind of what happened with Arkansas and Arkansas is not a good team by no stretch but they played Georgia tough for a half and then Georgia made the switch and they wasn't prepared for that quarterback and he came in and looked really good well now Auburn's got film on him so I think it's going to change things a little bit this week I don't think he's going to look quite as good and I'll be uh you know, like I said, I think the seven is definitely the way to go. Take the seven in this game. Yeah. All right, let's head to the NFL now. So we got a few minutes. Well, I got I got one more college yeah. play I wanted to give out. Uh, I really uh, my best play in college football this week is SMU plus two and a half. I think you could get three at the circa if you have the you know if you can get there. But uh, I love SMU in this spot. Uh, Sonny Dykes is a great coach. Um, Memphis has got they got players coming back, but they're the number 17th ranked team in the country. And I think that's got a lot to do with the fact they were good last year. They got the quarterbacks coming back. But I never let those rankings determine which way I bet my money, because this line opened Memphis minus one. Memphis is the 17th ranked team in the country. SMU is an unranked team. Normally, when they put a lineup like that, they're just baiting you to, to lay the points. And in this spot, I think Memphis is definitely a trap. I think SMU, hands down, is, the, is a money line play. Uh, they got the Bouchelle kid that transferred from Texas coming back as a quarterback. And Sonny Dykes kind of runs his team the same way Bill Snyder did at Kansas State. He's starting to bring in a lot of transfers, I noticed. And – they're loaded. SMU's got a they they three and zero. They've been scoring a ton of points this year. I think SMU at home is definitely the way to go in this game. Yeah, and I'll be on that with you. So I agree with you 100 percent on that one. So let's kick it over to the NFL. We have a few matchups we'll, we'll touch on, talk about, and then after that we'll we'll give out our picks and our plays. Saints at the Lions. Saints are minus four and a half at Detroit. Saints coming off that Monday night. So, I mean, I'm sorry, Sunday night lost to Green Bay, and the Lions are coming off a surprise straight-up win at Arizona. How do we see this game this week, Steve? Well, Arizona was was a, a game that I, 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 I bet Arizona last week, and they were the right side, but I didn't know they were going to turn the ball over four or five times, I think. I mean, they basically just – put that game on a platter and handed it to Detroit. I don't think the Saints are going to turn the ball over four or five times this week. And I do think they're going to go into that game mad. They lost two in a row. And I I could definitely see the Saints opening up a can of whoop-ass this week. I think they're going to get – they're going to right the ship with this week Detroit team. Yeah, I see. I got an update today. Michael Thomas practiced today. So, he's probably – if he's practicing, he's probably going to be playing. So and that's going yeah, to change that's... the whole outcome of the Lions' defensive scheme because, you know, now you have to scheme for Michael Thomas, and that's going to open up some other other areas and some other voids and some other lanes as far as throwing the ball. You know, they could actually spread the ball out a little bit more, and they'll have some they'll have some openings. So, I agree with you. I did definitely like the Saints on a playback here. 
You know, this is the second game of the trend. You know, the Saints didn't cover in the first one, but I think I think they um will bounce back this week, and they definitely I think will get the cover. I, you know, I'm looking at a double digit win here. We also have uh, interesting another another game. Let's let's look, take a look at the um Cleveland at Dallas. Dallas is only four and a half over Cleveland. Now Dallas played a tough tough game in Seattle and lost. Probably had might have had a chance to win it. Um, Cleveland is just, you know, they're just not good. I just do not like Cleveland. Let's see, last week, who did they play last week? Washington. Washington. Yeah, they beat, you know, they beat, they beat a Washington team that, you know, uh, Haskins turned up, probably threw three interceptions, turned the ball over. I like Washington's defense, but, you know, defense can only do so much. And, you know, Cleveland obviously took advantage of the turnover. So that was actually a gift game. I'm I'm a little baffled at this line that it's only four and a half. You know, I feel Dallas is at least a touchdown better than them. Although, not a big Dak Prescott fan, but and Dallas's defense is a little porous. But even with that, I still think they're a touchdown better. But they're only four and a half. Um, you know, I think definitely Dallas is the right side here, especially coming off that loss. I think I think this this game could get uh, this could get a little ugly for Cleveland. I think, you know, I think Mayfield's going to struggle. I think Dallas is coming in a little pissed. And I think they want, they're at home, and I think they want to make a statement. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. I I think Cleveland is probably the most overrated team in the NFL right now. They're 2-1, but they beat Cincinnati and Washington, arguably the two worst teams in the NFL. And I don't know what that power rating has done since they've beaten these two cupcakes, but – I mean, they're basically saying that Dallas is only a one-and-a-half-point favorite over this team on a neutral field. I mean, give me a break. I mean, not that Dallas is a Super Bowl team, but these two teams are not even close talent-wise. Cleveland is, in my book, in the bottom four or five teams in the NFL. They're horrible. They just took advantage of two weak opponents. And let's face it, Washington took the lead into the fourth quarter against this team with, with a quarterback that – is probably the worst I've ever seen as an NFL starter. I don't know what Daniel Snyder's thinking, you know, with that kid leaving that, forcing Ron Rivera to keep that kid in as a starter, but he is complete garbage. I saw the quarterback coach on the sideline with the tablet out showing Dwayne Haskins trying to teach him how to read a defense. I said, this is like teaching a kindergartner how to do algebra. That's how confused he looked. I mean, he is garbage. Well, the problem is, and Bill, saw, Bill Parcells made the statement a few years ago that college football is the ruination of the NFL quarterback these days because with this read option that all these schools are running, these quarterbacks are not required to do any reading, any pre-snap reads, any drop-back reads, or any readings of defense, period. They don't really go through progressions. The coach calls a play, they throw it. And example with Haskins is, you know, Ohio State has – they just have the better athletes in a lot of these teams. And, you know, you call, you call a pass play, and these guys are so wide open. I mean, how can you miss them? He just sits back there and throws the ball. Well, you're not at Ohio State, and this ain't college anymore. You're in the NFL where defenses are so complex, it's not even funny. And they re – what's happening is these teams are having to recoach these guys – which is taking this, which is taking them an extra two or three years to recoach them, to actually have to 
sit there and pre-snap read and read a defense. And that's the problem. This kid has zero experience doing this. And Cleveland just, you know, you know, ate their lunch as far as I mean, they weren't doing anything fancy, just dropping in some base coverages. And he just wasn't reading. He just wasn't doing the correct reads and throwing interceptions. So, you know, he's going to struggle all year. But, you know, Cleveland, to me, that was a false win. And I think, I think they, they walked into a buzzsaw this week myself, personally. So let's take a look at this next game. This is another team that baffles me this year is Minnesota. Minnesota's at Houston. Houston is minus three and a half. Houston played a good game this past weekend, losing to Pittsburgh by a touchdown. And Minnesota, well, you know, we had them on the money line and played a very competitive game against Tennessee, had, was winning the game and let Tennessee march right on down. I think Tennessee converted two third and 20 pluses and wound up scoring the touchdown to win the game. And, you know, that's enough to just give a, to give a team brain damage and, I just have no idea what Minnesota's going to, how they're going to do this week and what their mindset's going to be after, you know, get, after losing a game like that. I mean, it does wear on you mentally. So, I, you know, I really don't like a side in this game. You know, I think, I think the Texans are still a little shady. They did play a good game against Pittsburgh, probably had a chance to win it, maybe a little disappointed. You know, I don't know what to expect for Minnesota, so it's probably a good game to leave a lot. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, I kind of like Minnesota, but then I hear they, they're in their quarantine thing with the COVID because they played Tennessee, and Tennessee's got players that tested positive, so Minnesota didn't practice yesterday or today from what I understand, so I don't know how that's going to affect them going on the road. I mean, I guess that's a pretty good advantage for Houston, but I don't know. If I had to bet the game, I would take the three and a half. I, I just – I still think Minnesota's the play in the game. I mean, I'm not not in love with it. It's not not a game you go bet the house on. But I, if I had to pick the side, I would take the points in the game. I, I think it's going to be a close game. I really do. Yeah, so another good matchup, and it's still sort of up in the air, the Steelers and Titans. Um, it's postponed for right now. I think you said they might play it Monday, maybe Tuesday. So – We'll hold off on that one a little bit because really can't really can't give too much of an opinion because you don't know how many guys from Tennessee are going to be out and their numbers going to be adjusted. So we'll just sort of sit on that one for now. We have the Patriots. New England's at Kansas City. Patriots at the Chiefs. Chiefs are seven. Chiefs coming off that shellacking of Baltimore. And New England, New England coming off – we had New England last week coming off a, a whooping of um, the Raiders. I thought it was a per- I thought it was a great spot for New England to come home after losing to Seattle, and the Raiders actually when they beat the Saints on opening night, having to go out to New England, it was a perfect setup for New England. Now New England has to go into Kansas City, so the question is, how's Kansas City going to play after that Monday night victory over Baltimore? I mean, they look they look so good. You know, they're going to come in flat. Oh, they're not going to come in flat. You know, I'm not sold on Cam Newton. You know, they're running a different offense. They, that's another one. They're starting to go to the well too much with this Cam Newton keeping the ball running. You know, that's another one. That's another guy you got to keep him in the pocket and throw the ball because he is not that accurate throwing the ball down the field. Um, how do you see this one playing out? 
time, and I think the number's right on. I think seven is a good number for the game, and I, I wouldn't lay it or take it. I think Kansas City's going to win the game because you give you give Mahomes the ball. He's in the fourth quarter down. It's going to close game. He's going to score. I mean, they just – but I wouldn't I wouldn't play the game with the, with the point spread, but I can tell you this, Bill Belichick is going to play keep away. And he's got the perfect quarterback to do it because Cam Newton can run for them third and threes and pick up first downs and keep the chains moving. He's definitely going to try to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. He's not not stupid. And normally what he does is he tries to take the best player away on the opposing team. But I, I don't know how you take Mahomes away. He's got a problem here. He's not a he's not a receiver, but he I mean he's got a dilemma because you know, Kansas City's just got got a great tight end. They got Tyreek Hill. I think the Watkins is back. The kid's back. He's pretty good. I mean, they got so many weapons. What, what do you do if you build Belichick? Who do you take away? I mean, they, they're going to score points. And I don't know. You know, I, like I said, I think Kansas City wins the game. But I, I, I respect Bill Belichick enough to not lay a touchdown. I think New England would have to play a perfect game to beat them. Um, I just I don't know if Cam Newton can play a perfect game because you know he's always going to make mistakes. He's always going to make some bad throws. As far as Casey, even if the Patriots would have shut Mahomes down a little bit, he's still good enough to get the job done. You know, they, you want to keep him in the pocket, keep him in the pocket. He can throw the ball. You know, and you try if you you know if he breaks the pocket, well, you know, watch out. So probably Casey's the way to go in this one, probably. But I'm going to sort of sit and watch this one. Um, I don't really like it too much to put a bet on it. And we have the Monday night game, Atlanta at Green Bay. Here's another team, Atlanta. Just can't seem year after year, draft after draft, they draft defense, draft defense, draft defense, and they still can't stop anybody. They, they had another implosion. Last week, they were up on Chicago, what, 28-10 or something like that. When I'm losing the game, I just don't – I mean, I don't know what the problem is. I mean, Dan Dan Quinn is a defensive coordinator. I don't know why they can't stop anybody. I don't know why they can't hold on to a lead. That's another team is in the same situation as Minnesota. You know, what's their mindset going to be after blowing that game, which they, they definitely should have won. You know, how much brain damage they're going to have. Now they're going to want march up to Lambeau and play Green Bay, who's probably clicking on all cylinders, the best, one of the best teams in the league right now with Kansas City as far as offense. You know, Green Bay's defense is a little porous. You know, I think Atlanta might put up some points, but, you know, I mean, can they realistically go up there and beat Green Bay? I don't know. What do you think on that one? I think Atlanta – Plus the points is probably a good bet here. I really do because they can score. And I don't know what's going on with that team. I mean, you know, when you keep blowing three touchdown leads, that that speaks to coaching. That, you know, it tells you that they have talent because they get in the leads and they just something's not clicking. You know, they, they I, I 100% think that, Dan Quinn should have been fired last year, and I don't know how he's still hanging on to his job. <laughs> but I think if he, I think if they get beat this week, especially bad, he's done. I think Arthur Blank makes a coaching change. He's got to. I mean, it's just 
You know, I, I, I do like the points, though. I think I, I got a rule that I've been following, and it's been pretty good to me for the past few years. When a team looks really good on a primetime game and they're playing the following week on a primetime game, you always bet against them the next week. And vice versa, if a team looks really bad on a primetime game and they happen to be playing a primetime game the following week or two, you bet on them. It's kind of a flip-flop theory because it's hard to 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 keep coming with your A game on national TV week in and week out. But saying that, I noticed that also fits Kansas City. And I just think that that Patrick Mahomes is a, is an exception to all of these rules. So I'm not telling you to bet that I mean bet New England, but I definitely think uh, in this spot. Green Bay as a play against because they look really good against the Saints. Yeah, I like, I mean, look, I like the rule you came with, but, you know, sometimes it's just hard for me to bet a bad team. And, you know, I, 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 I like Atlanta's offense, but to me, they're just not a complete team, and which makes them dangerous to get killed again. At least get, you know, no, no, whether. You know, Green Bay, it's, if Atlanta gets up two touchdowns, you know Green Bay is going to come back. Now, will Green Bay just, you know, win the game and, you know, Atlanta cover? Or will they just blow the doors off and Atlanta has another collapse? I don't know. It's a tough it's a tough game. Another probably for me, it's a sit, another sit-and-wash game. I mean, to me, you take the over and hope hope they can put up 65, 70 points. I don't see, you know, it's 58 right now. Yeah, that's a ton of points in the NFL. But, you know, I don't see Atlanta. I mean, I, I can't see Green Bay not even get easily getting in the 30s on this one. And if Atlanta just plays halfway decent, they should get in, in the high 20s. So you're probably looking at, you know, a game is going to land up in the low 60s, 60 to 65 somewhere. So let's get over to um our picks here. First, let's go to college. I like my. I'm going to give out one college play this week. I like Air Force plus the seven against Navy. You know, Navy got shellacked by BYU, but that's I'm not really going to count that game because BYU runs a totally different offense than everybody else. And it seemed like I guess Navy just couldn't get the option going. And you know, Navy comes out and then they they come back and beat Tulane and. And obviously they had to throw the ball to beat Tulane. So I don't know if Navy is struggling with their option game or not this year. Air Force runs the same offense. They all run the, um, you know, the triple option, call it the, the spread option. But Air Force in this game, the last three years, they have played, the last three times they've played in Air Force. Air Force has won the game straight up three times and has covered three times. So... Uh, and it, this is like sort of a flip-flop home-and-home thing. When you, If the game's played in Navy, Navy's won the last three times they played in Navy. So this is a home-and-home home thing. I, did, I do like Air Force. I don't know why Navy's um, seven at Air Force. Maybe Air Force is a little down this year. But, you know, hey, I, I think they're still dangerous. I like the seven at home. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with the trend. Um, so let's hear your college plays again. Uh, my my best bet again is SMU, uh, plus two and a half. I think you can get three in one spot. I mean, if you can, if maybe wait, it may go to three, because the public I think is definitely going to take Memphis because they got that ranking on the side of their name, and 
usually the public likes the top 25 teams, but I totally think this is a trap. I think SMU is the play here. They, uh, like I said, you know, I like Sonny Dykes. I like what he's doing there. He's bringing in the transfers from around the country, and they're loaded. I mean, in Memphis, they're breaking in a new coach. They got a new head coach who did who was an internal hire. He did come from the from the staff last year when Norvell left to go to Florida State. But I mean, I got to go with the coach, the better coach, and the better quarterback at home. I mean, I'm not going to say so much the better quarterback because Memphis does have a that quarterback coming back, and he's a he's a tall kid. He, I watched him play last year. I can't think of his name, but he's a pretty solid quarterback. But I do like Bouchelle at, at SMU. I think he – the quarterbacks are close, but I definitely give the coaching edge to SMU and Sonny Dykes, and I just think the number, they're just bait. It's bait. I think they're begging you to take Memphis and lay less than a field goal. That's my best bet in the college. And uh, my second best play is Auburn plus seven or six and a half, I think it is now, against Georgia. I think, uh, you know, that's too many points. And and like I said, Georgia's still trying to find a quarterback. They they done made the switch. So, you know, Auburn's got their quarterback. That Bo Nix kid played all last year as a freshman. Look, looked good. You know, he beat Alabama. This game, he's not going to be intimidated going into Georgia. I mean, getting seven—that's that's a gift, I think. So, well, good. On that, on that, let's move to the NFL. Um, our buddy Dave Benina couldn't make it in today, but he did send a pick our way. He likes Cincinnati. He likes the Bengals minus the three over the Jaguars. So that's Dave Benina's pick for the week. My picks at the NFL. You know, I took a, I took a good look as. There's a lot of games that you can use this week. Not a lot of great matchups, but a lot of good games that, you know, that teams I like who are good cover teams. And I like – there's a lot of teams I like that are in good spots. First game I like is I like Miami plus six at home against Seattle. Nobody's been playing better this year than Seattle. Seattle's been pretty consistent. They can score. The problem is they've given up too many points. And Miami – has been is tough on defense, and Fitzpatrick seems to be having them going on offense somewhat. So I think Seattle's in for a struggle coming to Miami. Um, you know Miami's defense has been playing tough this this year. They they were competitive with Buffalo. You know, not a lot of offense to get over the hump. I think this week's going to be a little different. They're home. I think they can score a little bit on Seattle. I think. They, I think Miami will make it a little difficult for Seattle this week. So they might not win the game, but I think the game's going to be – could be a field goal game. I'll say take Miami plus the, the six and a half. We already touched on this game. You know, Dallas minus four, four and a half over Cleveland. You know, need I say more, I think it's a perfect – it's a bad spot for Cleveland and a good spot for Dallas. Dallas coming off that loss and Cleveland coming off that false win over Washington. I mean, Dallas could – they might blow the doors off this team. I think this game gets really ugly. So, take Dallas later points. And another game I took a look at, I like the Chargers plus seven and a half at Tampa. You know, Tampa, Brady's got them consistently playing good right now. Not really setting the world on fire. You know, not taking a lot of chances. They're moving the ball down the field. They're putting up some points. But Tampa's defense is just non-existent right now. They can be scored on, and they definitely can be passed on. And I was impressed with this kid, Herbert, in week one. 
You know, he came in, and, you know, week two, Indy prepared a little bit for him, but they will make adjustments with this kid. This kid's a natural passer. And I think they're going to have – I think they definitely know that they can throw the ball on Tampa, and they're going to attack – they're going to attack Tampa's pass defense. I think this kid Herbert might have a decent day against Tampa Bay. So I like the points. Take San Diego. San Diego. I'm calling them San Diego in L.A. now. Take the L.A. Chargers plus the seven and a half at Tampa. Um, Steve, what are your picks looking like this week? Well, I'm going opposite of your friend Dave. I, I love the Jacksonville Jaguars this week plus three. I know they laid an egg against Miami. But Miami is a is an up and coming team. I mean, they they got things going in the right direction there, and you know, Jacksonville might have not been. You know, it's tough to travel on a short week going on the road. You know, it was. I know it's not a far travel, but it's still they still had to pack up and go down to Miami, and they looked horrible. I get it, but no team is as good or as bad as they looked the week before, and I'll keep saying it. And Cincinnati played a little over their head. They they played Philly to a tie, which shouldn't have been because Philly's coach is just the worst in the NFL. I mean, I don't know how the guy won a Super Bowl, but that's not important right now. But anyway, I just think – I don't think Cincinnati's three points better than any team in the NFL. They're, they are garbage. I know a lot of people are drinking the Burrow Kool-Aid, and he, he does look good. I think he's going to be a good quarterback but he's still a rookie. This is his fourth game, and Jacksonville is, you know, look, they're going to score points. Cincinnati's defense is garbage. Jay Gruden is the offensive coordinator at Jacksonville. Gardner Minshew's coming off a horrible game. He turned the ball over. Jacksonville had two extra days to prepare for this game, and I just feel like a field goal in this game is a gift. It's my best bet of the NFL week, and I I just think Jacksonville is going to win the game outright. Good. Okay. Anybody else you like or what? Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of like Dallas. I mean, that's, that's a good play. I'm, I'm probably going to bet Dallas on the money line just because I'm not a big favorite of laying over a field goal in the NFL, unless I really, really like a game, but I do like Dallas in this spot. And I think they will cover, but, just to be safe, I'm probably going to bet them on the money line and in, in my parlay yeah. tickets. And um, the other game that I liked is uh, Tennessee, but right now we don't know what's going on with the COVID. I mean, I know the long snapper tested positive. I think uh, second one of their second-string linebackers who did play a lot of snaps last week come up with it. Uh, they're going to postpone it. They're not practicing. But initially they, they put uh, – I think the line opened Pittsburgh minus mm-hmm. one and a half. And that one just don't seem right to me. I'm not sure what the what the odds make is their power ratings, but that's like saying Pittsburgh is four and a half better than Tennessee on a neutral playing field. I don't see it. I think these teams are very, very equally matched. And I, I would have put Tennessee a three-point favorite, honestly, at home. So I don't know what, what's going on with that. I don't know if it's if – it's, a trap or what, but if it's a trap, they're probably going to get me if they put Pittsburgh the favorite in this game because yeah, I'm betting this is just one of these games that with all this thing going on, it's probably a good game to leave alone because you just don't know what who's going to play. And you know, it's you know, why force it if you, I mean, if you really like it, like you do, you know, you like it enough, take the points. You know, 
that's the thing. The line's going to be adjusted, so we don't know what the line's going to be. I mean, I'm assuming, you know, Pittsburgh opened one and a half before all this, and, you know, with the Tennessee people missing, you know, they could come back with two, probably two and a half. I don't know if they'll give Tennessee a field goal. They might bump it up. They might uh, bump up a point. If they hang three up there, take Tennessee and three in this spot. If you can get three, you definitely got to take Tennessee plus the three. I don't care. If, as long as uh, the running back or the quarterback don't have COVID, you definitely got to take Tennessee plus three at home in oh, this yeah, spot. No, I, I don't care what happens. You know, I like – you know, I like, I like Tennessee's running game and Derrick Henry and, you know, um, Tannehill's playing great. And I just don't know. We just don't know who's going to be out and who's not. I mean, it, you know, will the offense be affected? Will the defense be affected? I mean, like I said, they, it opened one and a half. The, you know, the line adjustment, you know, I'm looking at it at least, you know, two and a half, you know, Pittsburgh miles, two and a half. If you like you said, if you can get three, jump up and take it. So, well, that's been the show for today. We covered a lot, guys. You know, let's get out there, get our picks in. Let's um, win a little money this week. And I think this is a good week for people, for us to cash in. I think, you know, I think what's going to happen is a lot of people are going to be on the favorite, a lot of favorites this week. And, you know, I think, you know, there's, there's some favorites that are looking good. But I think a lot of dogs are going to jump up this week. So let's get, let's get out there and, I want to thank Steve, Steve, the shrimp man, doing a show with me again. And that's going to be the show for the day. And we're going to end it on this note.